Hey, 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 welcome back to the Women's Healthy Living Club podcast, also known as the WHLC podcast. I'm your host, Darian, and welcome back or welcome for the first time. Um, today we're going to talk about something that is a little personal to me, um, and it involves some things that um, happened, and let's just get right into it. <laughs> Instead of me telling you what I'm going to talk to you about, I'm just going to talk to you about it. <laughs> okay. So, about a month ago, I entered a tournament, like literally last minute, a BJJ tournament. And I got like three days notice and I thought, well, I'm just killing the game, so why don't I just jump right in and see what happens? Stupid thought. <laughs> um, I had already signed up for a competition about, um, I would say a couple months, like two months out from this spontaneous one I was decided to do. And um, I thought it would be a good idea because I just got my blue belt, so I was a little nervous about competing for the first time at blue. I know and knew that it was going to be a totally different ball game, and it was. Um, so I thought this competition was supposed to be kind of smaller, and it was made for white belts and blue belts only um, for the for the noob. And I was like, perfect, I'm a new blue belt. That would be great. So. <clears throat> I wanted to do this one just to break the ice before the larger one, um, and that was my that was my intention behind it. So I hadn't even started really training hard for the larger tournament, as a fight to win tournament, and so um, <laughs> I was not the most prepared in the world for competition. And honestly, looking back, like my mindset was not even there, and it was just uh, I just kind of half-assed it, and I. I earned what I what happened because of that. I learned right away that really you should never just half-ass a tournament. No matter how good you are, no matter how many medals you've gotten, it doesn't, it's not, I found that I like, I felt like it was disrespectful to the practice, to jiu-jitsu, because you know, you're going in there and when you sign up for a competition, everyone is signing up to give their 100%. And if you're only going in with 75, like what the fuck? Because that means, you know, you're not giving your opponent a real honest assessment and challenge to their jiu-jitsu. And then, you know, that's the whole point. So it's kind of dishonorable to me, in my personal opinion. And I'm just, just starting out in this area. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But personally, I can't go into competition that way ever again. And the, the one thing that happened. So my first match finished in under a minute. Uh, took the back rear naked choke. And then... My second match was a little tougher, and a lot of my, all of my opponents were like seriously two feet shorter than me. Like they were short, and I have to get used to dealing with short people because they can wrestle and grab my legs and take me down like crazy. And so I tried to play a short girl game with a tall girl body, and before really drilling that into my game. So the second match, I'm trying to force this outside foot sweep and I overextended my leg, reaching to do this trip, which is like a huge no-no. I totally blew by, blew by the setup part of that technique because <laughs> I was just like, you know, kind of tunnel vision there. And so I'm forcing, I'm forcing, and I really forced it, and I hyperextended my knee as this girl is like mauling me over it because I didn't have the, the correct setup. So I ended up getting taken down by her hyperextended my knee and I heard and felt a pop and it was like instantly kind of painful 
but I like bent my knee real fast and just collapsed into like a fetal position <laughs> and then worked my way out of it. The good news is I ended up finishing the match with a darts choke after like four long grueling minutes and a painful knee. And then when I got done with that match, I kind of stood up and I was like, fuck, I'm pretty sure I hurt myself. Yep, definitely hurt myself. So I'm sitting around waiting for the next match and it's the finals. And I was like kind of tempted to forfeit, but I was like, well, I survived that match. I've still got adrenaline rolling, so I'm just gonna try to finish out the Nogi division. Oh yeah, this is Nogi by the way, which I like never train. I do train it at home because Tom and I will get lazy and we would just, we're like, eh, it's too hot. <laughs> it's too much work to put on the, the geese. So we'll just, you know, and our, our training mat is like in our living room. It's our, it's our everyday mat. So like we stretch on it, we walk on it, we do everything on it. And um, so we'll just be sitting around like watching Netflix and then it's, it's one of us is watching videos or something. We're like, hey, can I try something? Then we have a drilling session. So <clears throat> um, that's the only time I really drill Nogi. So I didn't have a lot of tools going into this and my first division was no gi and I was most excited for the gi hurt myself before I could even do the gi division and I ended up having to drop out of it because after my third match which I seriously just got bulldozed by this little girl like she she was good she knew what was up and she she came with her 100% and I didn't and I knew it and like the first three minutes I was like god damn here it is blue belt life 100 <laughs> So she ended up kicking my ass like pretty good. I mean like a lot of points. She maintained side control like nobody's business. My half guard was like squashed in total shit. So great lessons, but um, once I got home, so I'm like sitting in the car driving home and as we're driving home, the pain volume is just starting to turn up as my adrenaline starts to turn down. It was swollen um, all around, you know, the lower part of the patella and you know, right away, Tom, thank God I live with a, a physical therapist and am in some ways, you know, hip to physical therapy because I'm surrounded by physical therapists all day. Um, so thank God for that because right away he did like a ligament assessment and I knew right away that I didn't tear a ligament, which was my biggest fear, obviously, because that takes a long time to heal. Um, so we ultimately came to understand that it was a meniscus tear or just like a bruising or whatever. Um, so the lateral part or the side, the outside part of my knee was really painful. And then I also probably strained the back of my knee, some of those hamstring tie-in muscles there. Um, so that sucked. It sucked a whole lot. And I couldn't train for almost three weeks, which if you train jujitsu and it's like, you know, you do it two to three times a week at least. And then you stop training jujitsu man, you start to realize how fucking crazy you are when you're not training jujitsu. <laughs> and so it was a hot struggle for me. Um, I, I came across a lot of like real practical lessons during that stint of sitting out. And I've had to sit out from jujitsu before, but it was really early on and I was still a white belt and it didn't really like, it mattered because I was like on that, you know, that white belt craze where you're like, oh my God, jujitsu is live. Ah! Jujitsu is hot, fast. And so I was, I was on that for a little, a little bit when I had to sit out, it did suck, but it didn't suck as bad as having to sit out from a tournament that you planned to kill it at later because you decided to jump into a smaller tournament and you got your ass whooped and you hurt yourself. <laughs> Talk about humbling, right? So to humble even further, not training jujitsu. So here's the thing, my lifestyle setup, jujitsu is a lot of energy 
and it's complex and it requires just a lot of processing more than any other sport I've ever done in my life. Like it's insane the a level of attention and physicality you need to be successful. And so um, I was kind of relying on jujitsu in a way to keep me healthy. So think about that. I was relying on a physical activity. If I just do jujitsu, I'll stay healthy forever because it requires so much energy and it'll keep me fit and lean and all that business. And when it got taken away, I came to realize, oh, it doesn't work that way. That's trying to cheat the system. I can't do it that way. And what I learned right away was that I have to be able to pursue health without jujitsu. <laughs> I have to be healthy for jujitsu. Jujitsu doesn't make me healthy. And, you know, it was a real kind of eye opener when I had to sit out and I gained like 15 pounds because what I was doing before was just eating whatever the hell I wanted because I knew I'd be training that night and I would just, oh, I'll just train hard tonight. Oh, I'll just train hard tonight. Or, oh, I'll just do a couple extra matches or whatever. And it turns out that it doesn't work that way. It's definitely better to be healthy and be living a healthy lifestyle for the purpose of doing jujitsu, to better your jujitsu, to make you more capable. That was a huge lesson that I had to learn. And um, part of, so the thing that I wanted to tell you that I was doing is I'm a little while ago before the Denver Open, there was an open in um, April, I think it was. April or May. I honestly don't remember when it was, but I had to cut a little bit of weight and I'd just gone through my Paul Check holistic lifestyle course and like because I was so full of motivation and information and you know, Paul Check is a pretty magnetic person. He just can say it like it is and get you to understand it right away like you're five. It's beautiful. Um, so I was full of this motivation and I was I managed to get off of caffeine like totally no coffee no nothing and I felt amazing energy wise like like I'd never felt before and then I also managed to I'm gonna say get get off of excess processed sugar I was still having a little bit of processed sugar but I I made it like two months and I felt better than I'd ever felt in my life I would wake up like ready and energized and enthusiastic about the day and that would last and be content and even all the way throughout every day and it was like what is this I didn't know this could even happen so right before the Chicago open so I was doing that all the way up to the open and I had one week before the open and I looked at my division and my division I was in was going to be the lightweight division and it was stacked really stacked and it was my goal one of my goals was to win an open an IBJJF Open. And this was going to be the first one that Denver ever had. So I thought, you know, I want to be the first champion. That'd be so cool. So I was kind of, you know, mauling over with Tom. Like, what do you think we should do? I don't know. I'm thinking about... Because I was like two pounds away. So I could have, you know, cut a lot of weight real hard, suffered throughout the week, made the weight, and then tried to perform. The other option was to, you know not do that and move up a weight class before the deadline and it just so happened that we had family coming into town that weekend before the tournament and just you know 
they were they were on vacation mode <laughs> so they were like as soon as they got here they're like let's go out to eat let's go get brunch and I was like god damn it here we go and kind of at the last minute I decided to move up weight classes sorry about the motorcycle he's kind of being a jerk revving up right now um it's like 20 miles an hour I don't know why he's doing that but anyway I decided last minute to up the weight class and for whatever reason I'd been so strong and feeling so amazing all that time but I thought well if I'm moving up a weight class I've got to gain weight now so I used it as this stupid excuse to pack on like more weight so I would be heavier in my weight class and I did not do it the way I should have or could have I could have just stacked on the potatoes ate a butt ton of rice kept it all whole food but no I decided to eat a fuck ton of junk food <laughs> processed sugar oils you know tons of salt just poor quality food and I in fact made myself sick where I was like I cannot eat anymore at all and Tom's like well you gotta have some free training food and I just nope couldn't even do it I was like stacked to the max it was gonna it was gonna make me sick if I ate any more food so since then I just continued that on and then jumped into another tournament hurt myself had to sit out of jiu-jitsu gained like 15 pounds now I have the type of shape where I'd have to gain a lot of weight before you could tell that I gained weight. I'm talking like 30 pounds before you're like, oh, Darian looks a little bigger. It would take like 30 pounds because I just have a naturally muscular build. And so when I put on fat, it just covers the muscles and it, they just look like a little bit bigger muscles, but they still look muscular. Um, but I know, I can tell when I've put on weight or am a little heavier because one, I move more slowly. Two, I'm out of breath quicker. And three, my activity tolerance is like zilch. It's hardly there. So, damn this motorcycle. I gotta roll up my dang windows and die in the heat because <laughs> this guy in front of me. But anyway, um, so in lieu of all this happening, I decided to start a sugar-free challenge. And before I did the challenge by myself, I was kind of like posting about it, like, yay, I made it this many days and I'm feeling this way. Um, but I didn't make like a huge deal out of it. And this time I'm trying to bring in some other women to keep me accountable and so that I can help keep them accountable. Um, so in the sugar-free challenge, the first week is gonna be kind of a mirror of how I did it for those first two months. I was still eating fruit I was still eating as many whole foods and vegetables as I wanted. That includes any of the starches, bananas, potatoes, rice, any of that. Um, as much as I wanted whenever I wanted. And uh, when I did it before, I started my, when I, the two-month stent that I did, I had started at 152 the weekend before I cut everything out. And that included dairy, too. I wasn't having any dairy, and I wasn't having any bread, either. Um... So keep that in mind. But so I started at 152 pounds and by the time that was all over, I made it down to 140. So 12 pounds of inflammation <laughs> just gone like that in two months. And I was pretty happy with my results. I felt amazing. And um, during that time, I was still having dark chocolate chips. I don't know. I would say three to six tablespoons, depending on the day and stress level <laughs> and I was still having uh, maple syrup so and honey but I didn't really have a lot of honey but I was allowing it if I absolutely needed to have something sweet I would try to have some honey with coconut oil 
So um, the first week of this new challenge is going to be like that. It'll be a weaning week where we can still have dark chocolate, we can still have maple syrup, we can still have some little sweets, you know, just to kind of get through the initial part of changing the habit. But then the remaining three weeks is no processed sugar, not one drop. So what, what is processed sugar? I mean, that's pretty, you hear it all the time and people talk about it all the time, but what does that actually mean? So processed sugar would be anything that has white sugar in it. Processed sugar could be anything. It can be even be healthy sugar. It can be agave nectar. It can be um, coconut sugar. Any of those like alternative sugars are still processed. It's still extracted and concentrated and it's not good for you in access. So, the three, next three weeks will be none of that. No pastries, no donuts, no cake, no frost, nothing. None of that stuff. No chocolate, no maple syrup, none of that. Just straight up whole foods, the end. So it should be real interesting to see how people get through this and to see how I get through it and how I help others get through it. And I'm really looking forward to doing it. I only, I limited the group to a small number because um, I want it to feel intimate and like, the women can be vulnerable in this group and honest with each other and uh, it's a really nice group of women they're all amazing people and they do amazing things in their lives and they're all into health and wellness and so I'm really excited to host them um, in this little online challenge and if you are a woman listening to this and you're like damn I missed the challenge I wish I could have done that don't worry I'm constantly taking in clients for consulting when it comes to changing their diet and lifestyle. So you can always, always sign up for a free consultation with me. Um, that's one full hour free and you can break it up. You can do two half hour sessions if you want. We can <coughs> really get to know each other. <coughs> oh my God, I'm dying. Hold on. Hashtag sip of water. Oh, sorry about that, ladies. I was just like driving behind that motorcycle. So I turned up my air conditioner like way high and rolled out my windows. And then the air conditioner, the dryness, like uh, choked me. <laughs> but I'm good now. I'm all right. Anyway, so it's been about 20 minutes. I just wanted to take a quick um, minute or, well, a quick 20 minutes to talk about that story and just kind of go through, give you an insight on like, you know, what happens when an athlete gets injured and that perspective behind it and kind of give you some insight into, you know, the woes and the highs and lows of being a health, holistic health coach and things like that. Because, you know, no matter who you follow, who you trust and believe to be the best health coach on earth. Oh shit. Messed up my car. Um, no matter who you think is doing it like 100% amazing, they're probably not doing it 100% amazing. And if they are, dude, good for them. But I caution you to think about, you know, when you are really, really, really strict with your diet, sometimes that can cause more stress than, than necessary. And sure, they may have a wonderful looking body and it may be lean and mean and what have you, but think about, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you can't see and that stuff that you can't see matters when it comes to healthy living just as much as the stuff you can see. So 
keep that in mind. I just wanted to give you an insight and encourage you to continue on the path no matter whether you have a setback, no matter whether you gain 15 pounds after being injured or your sport gets taken away from you for a little bit, um, you know, there are ways to continue on the path. And I'm grateful that I got this injury really because, you know, it came with a lot of lessons and I, I respect pain in that way and injury that way. I, as soon as I get injured or I have some type of pain or whatever, I will sit with that pain and think to myself, like, what am I supposed to learn from this? This is trying to teach me something. It happened for a reason. What, what can I gain from this? Because pain is like the loudest teacher we have in life, really. It's the most close to home. It's the most immediate. Um, if you're in pain, I mean, you're going to know right away. And it's going to bring you some awareness right away. Like, I couldn't even walk with the way my knee was the next day. I had to walk so slow. And then more walking just made it worse. And it was really hard. Um... But I definitely think it's developed a lot more awareness of, like, what am I doing with my legs? Are you kidding? The motorcycle guy is fucking back. Like, I just saw him park, and now he's, like, in my parking lot. Oh, he's just turning around. Okay. Anyway, it really helped me kind of learn. I mean, (laughs) the biggest thing I learned is, one, I need to slow the frick down. Okay, I was just like, I got my blue belt and I was like, yeah, I'm just going to jump into every competition ever and just kill the game and train like a freaking wild child and I'll just be amazing. But it is a long road, a long road. And I think I needed to be a little bit more slow and methodical with my training and, you know, have a little bit more respect for the sport because you don't just get great overnight and you don't just get great from exhausting yourself and rushing through training. It doesn't work that way. You really have to be there present and absorbent when you're training. So great lesson in slowing down, great lesson in being aware, like having body awareness, and then also a great lesson in staying calm. <laughs> Cause I was about to lose my shit. Cause I thought I wouldn't be able to train for months and months and months. And I was like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? It's over. I killed it. It's over. It's not over. You always heal. It's just a matter of patience. Anyway, thanks for listening. Look forward to more podcasts. This one was kind of random and unplanned, but I'm glad I did it. I hope you're glad I did it too and that you've enjoyed it. I can't wait to talk to you again and fill up your car or your home or your earbud with this, with my voice. (laughs) Until I talk to you again, please take very good care of yourself and I hope that you have a pleasant experience from here and on. Until the next time, I say good day.